0: what's going on everybody welcome to people playing games as always i'm your host mike andronico and today's guest is someone who truly has not let anything stop him he's a competitive mortal kombat player a twitch streamer and the drummer and vocalist for the metal band distartica and he does all this while being completely blind his name is carlos vasquez but he's known in the fighting game community as rattlehead carlos how's it going man thanks for coming on
1: Hey, well, thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's it's going great. Uh, just here, um, you know, I wanted to, uh, you, first of all, thank you for inviting me and, you know, appreciate you reaching out to to do this.
0: Of course, man. Of course. So for the folks listening that don't know who you are, how would you kind of sum up some of the things you do?
1: So, okay, well, that, that was a cool intro, by the way. <laughs> you pretty much, you summed up everything for me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. I tried. But, but essentially, yeah, I'm very, uh, I try to stay active. Um, I am definitely always trying to be active in the fighting game community. Um, my it all started since 2013. Well, I was I was always active, but I was always a lurker. But long story short, it all started in 2013. I got recognized by uh, NetherRealm Studios after they saw me playing in Evil 2013 and Mortal Kombat 9, um, and then it took off from there. And now just I played in Justice One. And then MKX and uh, some of Injustice too, and then of course you know with the hype of MK11, so everybody's playing MKX right now. So I've been lately, I've been just streaming MKX a lot, and you know just trying to get ready for the next game. Um, so I've done that. So I've been and uh, doing that while on the side. Um, I also um I'm very I'm very involved in the music scene as well. Um, we my band recently released our album. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm the vocalist and dr- drummer for the band Astartica. We released our album in 2017, um, and uh, it went really well. We even, I worked with a project with Apple to actually promote it, so it was really really awesome to do that too. Um, and then uh, so, yeah, I do. All, I try to, you know, be active and, trust, you know, try to do different things. And that way I'm just I'm, I'm, I don't want to be just one dimensional. You know, I want to be you know, active as much as I can.
0: <laughs> exactly. Doing a little bit of everything. Actually. Yeah. I, I noticed you uh, showing up on Apple's website and kind of their accessibility area. So how did, how did that come about?
1: So oh, that's that's cool, man. I think it's because I've always you know, I'm always posting online or even making like really like basic YouTube videos with my little you know, with my iPhone or my iPad, like because the the, the what's cool about the iPad is like it kinda tells you like you know where, where your face is located. It'll say face centered or face to the right, you know. So that kinda helps me to like if I'm recording a like, you know, a video an update on my YouTube channel or whatever. Uh, but I guess from them just seeing how active I was and how I'm using their their products for you know um for just being social and on on the internet and uh because they're very open about accessibility they're one of the companies that they they just are flat out really um What's the word I'm looking for? they just like – they're very accepting of, of everyone in the community. Like, you know, they – even on the front page, you'll see things like, oh, for our, you know, for blind and visually impaired users, we also have this, this, and this, and that, you know. They usually – you know, other companies tend to kind of go about it, but they kind of hide it or you have to go to a separate page, whereas Apple just has it, everything included right there, you know. And when you buy your their products, everything is already in- installed. You just have to know how to, you know, find it. And uh, so anyway – because of that they uh you know i got a, I got a message from this uh, uh uh casting company, and they wanted to do an interview, and I'm all like, okay, you know like uh whatever Hey, I just, you know we saw you you know we saw what you do you i see we see your, your game a lot, you also are in a band, and um so we wanted to get you want you know talk to you first, so they talked you know we talked for a while, and then at the end they were like, okay, our job is done here uh we actually Apple wants to talk to you now." Uh, and they want to see, like, if you would you be interested to first do an interview with these guys. And so I talked to them. We did a Skype call and just, you know, kind of talked about what I do, my my hobbies, and how I use their products to, you know, stay in touch with, you know, with the with the and the community and all that. So after that, you know, they said, hey, we're very interested in filming. Uh, we want to do a story about you. How would you like, you know, to participate? And this, you know, this thing that we, you know, at the time I didn't know that it was to promote global accessibility. They just say we wanted to do a project. Uh, We were very interested in how you use our products, um, and how it has helped you with with your daily life as well as you know your your hobbies and everything. So yeah, we we got together. We we got we set up everything. They actually came all the way down to Houston. Uh, People from LA came down. We shot like for two days the videos, and they when we were here. That's when they found out that I was like in a band that we we're about to release our album. So they're like, hey, can we film you guys jamming out? <laughs> and so we did that. You know, we, we filmed, we filmed that, We you know, we set up the instruments, like everything last minute. We set up the instruments and everything, you know, because a lot of these, a lot of the people that came, they were like young guys. you are like very yeah. enthusiastic, very, you know, like, you know what, let's do this, let's do that, very open. And so we, we you know, well, we did it and we shot that we shot the video and then you know then like they put it together they sent me like a like a, a, a preview and they, you know to get my opinion and i was like man this is awesome you know so that's how it turned out
0: <laughs> it's really cool yeah and you're still up there for anyone listening at home if you go to the accessibility section of apple's website you'll see carlos right there rocking out you know talking about how you use uh you know your iphone to just kind of for everyday tasks so to kind of, you know, we're talking about accessibility, just to, to take a little step back, you, know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned on your, in your Twitch bio uh, that you are completely blind in both eyes. So is this a condition you've had your whole life? Is it something that happened over time? Um, just kind of walk
1: me through that a little bit. Sure, um, and uh, basically what I had, um, I was actually born with cataracts in both eyes. And then what happens is, uh, from what I was told, is that I had a surgery when I was seven months old, uh, so it got you know the cataract has got partially removed because because they couldn't do like full on surgery on me you know they wanted to kind of like wait until I was like older, but um um we we couldn't afford the follow up surgery after that which was like you know four years later so I never got that surgery you know so time went by right. um you know and everything and then like when I was eight or nine I started seeing some slight like issues with my sight but you know being a kid you really don't pay attention sure uh you know so um. But you know, and then by uh, but you know when I went back to the doctor, they said, well, it was too late. all we can do right now is kind of like you know maintain your vision as much as we can. And then it was it turns out that I also developed glaucoma in both eyes mm. So you know, and then of course, it was at like a really high, high stages at that point anyway, so it was there was no way they could reverse it. you know it's like, okay, you have glaucoma, but here's the issue, you know we can' we only the only thing we can do is maintain it through surgeries and just like you know like the, the eye drops or just this one have some medication. And, um, but over time, um, I would say like maybe when I was like 10 or 11 is when I started knowing some more like very significant changes where my vision was like slightly blurry, like on the sides. Okay. Like I could see like the outlines of pictures. Uh, things started to look slightly blurry. And then over time, you know, I, I started like, you know, start being able to, having to read large print, you know, large letters. I needed magnification. Uh, you know, I started to use, wear glasses over time. And then, you know, so over the years, I lost my vision like slowly, slowly until like when I was in college is when I actually went completely blind. You know, when I was in college, I went completely blind at that mm-hmm. point. Even with surgeries, because throughout my my entire life, I had surgeries. You know, like for everything, just to kind of maintain the vision or maybe to at least lower the pressure. You know, so I wouldn't I wouldn't develop any pain or any other like conditions that you know like that could cause, you know, or whatever or whatever they were trying to do, basically just prevent everything. So yeah, that's how I went, and you know, being totally blind is more of a recent experience. I would say it would happen around uh 2009 ish, 2010. During that time, when it's like, you know, I went completely blind at that point. And that was during my college years, so I just kind of had to like move on with it because <laughs> I couldn't really stop. <laughs>
0: Right. And I think that's the amazing thing is that you you haven't let it stop you from from doing the things you love. One of those things, of course, you know, being an awesome Mortal Kombat player and kind of a a fairly well-known competitive gamer in the scene. So kind of what do you kind of recall your first experiences kind of learning to play games by sound?
1: I did, actually. Well, the funny thing is uh, I tell this to all of my friends, right, or everyone that asks me that question. It's like when I see I actually saw Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. Like, mm-hmm. I actually saw those games, you know, back then. I mean, I was a kid, you know. A lot of kids were playing these games anyway, so it's no, right. no you know. Um, I, you know, went to the, still go to the arcades. Uh, I remember when MK1, you know, just the look of the characters. They're pretty big characters. And, you know, you see this blue, you know, character and a yellow character. You know what I'm talking about, right? You oh, know, yeah. It's like, you know, so it's like. It's funny because all of those image, whenever they mention Scorpion and Sub Zero and or or Neil the like the MK one, MK two characters, I actually picture them in their like like the first time I I saw them. That's the memory I have in my head, you know. So over time. I remember when you know, for a while, of course, I had to stop. I, I, I used to actually be into sports a lot when I was growing up. I used to be a soccer player, and at the time, I used to be like an in, in in official team and everything. But of course, I had to let it go. So I was like, well, "Is there something else that I can do?" You know, and uh, music, of course, also came on the side. But to answer your question, is um with uh, when I started playing, yeah, like I remember when we fired when we got our Nintendo sixty four, mm-hmm. and we got MK trilogy. And I was starting to realize that, like, the um, there were some general sounds that happened when you do certain moves, or when you do, like, you know, when you you do jump ins or whatever. Now, keep in mind, back then the sound wasn't mono. Like, it's not like nowadays where everything is in stereo. Like, right. you, you know, you know. So, but I mean, it was just still you still had some distinct sounds that you could follow, kind of follow up the the fights and everything. And I realized, hey, you know what? This is I could still probably play these things. And luckily, I remember the moves, the move sets, you know. So I started picking up MK, MK Trilogy, and I had to start learning, like, just by pushing buttons. I learned the dialogue combos and all that. And then ever ever since then, it just took off. MK4 came out. I did the same thing. And then of course, the, the 3D era games, and we got a PS, uh, we got a PS2 for Christmas. Same thing. I just started playing, you know, with the sound. And I always played against the, you know, the, the computer anyway, because. No one else played MK like how I did. Like I was just more like hardcore, you know, player Mm -hmm. and everybody else around me. Because see, the thing about me too, though, is I've always been surrounded by nothing but the sighted, you know, sighted people. Like I always try to put myself where I'm usually the only blind person Mm -hmm. because I wanted to like, you know, just kind of, you know, not get comfortable where like, oh, because I'm blind, I have to be surrounded by blind people. No, like I wanted to just, you know, be with everybody else. So I've always did that. And so a lot of my friends are playing Resident Evil and I'm like, man, I wanna play. So I would just kinda sit sit with them and like, you know, and they were cool about it. I could just sit there and they would like they play and describe things to me, you know, or my brother would play God of War and I would sit there and like, you know, it's like a live playthrough right, rather than YouTube videos, you know, it's like right yeah, it was, this
0: was like <laughs> the, the
1: prerequisite to Twitch. <laughs> exactly, you know. So so I did that and then, you know, but I was I was always a huge gamer and then what MK was just my favorite and I played all of the even like the you know the some of the bad ones of course that you know, the three day era is not so well remembered, but yeah, yeah those it,
0: it was a rough time. But even those games rough are time. pretty
1: fun. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty you're pretty cool. But, you know, and then so that's how I did it. You know, that's like uh to me, you know, to me that's how I kept going. It's just really kind of breaking down the game. I would check out the trailers whenever I could mm-hmm. just to see if that like if that's the same sound that's gonna be in the game and whatever, and that's how I got used to them. And I just ever since you know the moves already, you know, obviously most for well, the most part it translates, but you know with you know, with Midway, you know, or Ed Boon in general, he just likes to make new games. Period. Like everything yeah. from gameplay, you know. So it was always something, something new to learn. But you know, I did it with the sound.
0: <laughs> awesome. And and when did you start to transition to really getting competitive about Mortal Kombat and, and going to tournaments and things like that?
1: Oh, MK9. Yeah. K9, man. I remember like uh, when the game came out. um, And, like, you know, like, uh, I remember when, you know, I was playing it, you know, at the time I was like, okay, so this is going to be like I used to play, you know. Like, it felt natural because they brought the, you know, 2D uh, platform now, you know, back to 2D again. So, it was like, okay, so this should be easier. And, you know, so for, I was just doing, like, the special moves. I didn't realize that they had the little, like, two or three hit combos, you know. I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. So, I thought I was, like, really good at it already. But then, Mm -hmm. like, I remember when I, you know, started going, like, when they was... uh, um, the first tournament and these guys were doing some of the craziest creative combos for me at the time i was like what is going on like they're making it like sound like an entire like different game than what i'm playing right right so that was like like ah, figuratively speaking an eye opener eh. so, <laughs> so to me i was like dude why like I want to learn this. You know, like I want to learn. So and then it turns out that, um, you know, people were starting to do combo videos like they would like show like do the inputs like I remember there was a guy that like uh, that he would actually do like, OK, today we're going to teach you some reptile combos, you know, and he would say, you know, here are the inputs and he would do the combo I'm like, oh, wow. So you basically got connecting these special moves with, you know, with, with the normals. And then I started learning the terminology. I started learning all this stuff. And then another thing that happened with MK9 is that the sound design was so different. The reason why it's easier to play now is because the sound design... Like follows the move, movement of the characters, like every wherever they are on screen. Like if my characters on the left side, like on uh, on the headphones you could hear it on the left side going to the right, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so like you know with teleport characters it was easy to follow up, or if you you know if you do crossovers it was easy to follow up because the sounds are kind of like following the characters actions. So that was like obviously they did it you know just to show off their sound design, but that it just happened to be something that worked for me even more. You know, it worked for me so well. So then, you know, and then, of course, I started like, you know, realizing that, hey, there are these, there's this MK sites that, you know, people go there and talk about strategies and everything. So mm-hmm. and then I, I started going and just lurking in there. I didn't even want to sign up or anything because I was like I did had a at some point that I was afraid what would people think you know like right, would right. they accept me in this community would they think it's weird or they're gonna like just ignore me or whatever and so you know so i actually did some youtube videos that have some old videos where i did like this little camera thingy and i was trying to like show people hey this is how i got playing this game mm-hmm. and i would do like Cyrex combos and everything you know, just to kind of see like hey i can do it too you know um you know so but that that didn't catch up until like 2012 2013 and that's when everything like blew up
0: Right. I remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you, you competed at Evo. Yes. I, I remember watching you on the stream. You were on the main stage. That was awesome. And you also mentioned that uh, NetherRealm took notice of what you were doing. Um, it seemed like they actually, you guys collaborated a little bit, and you actually helped influence kind of how they do their sound design for future games.
1: Well, it's interesting because I told them like when at the time uh, they used to have uh, – and too bad he's no longer around because he, he would have been a really good connection. Uh, Hector Sanchez.
0: Yes. Yep. He
1: went, yeah, when he used to be there, man, like I remember he actually approached me and said, hey, man, like we're really impressed at what you're doing. A lot of people in the office are talking about it, man. So he's like, is there anything that we can do, you know? And at the time it was 2013, it was Injustice 2 that was like the game that just came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember the whole interactables thing came about and I was like, hey man, the only thing I would say right now because I don't want to push any boundaries, but if it, if you can somehow allow me to keep track of the interactables on, on the stages so I can, you know, do whatever these other guys are doing too, you know, because I told them with MK9, the only that like the only thing that obviously is gonna take some time is for you guys to someday allow like to us to be to access the menus like how we do it with the, with screen readers. But see, at the time there was no such thing like as the Xbox One right now where it reads like the dashboard and everything. Like you know, like there wasn't such thing as that. It was just like by luck we just happened to memorize all the menus and everything. You right. know. Um so but I told him at the time, it's like, you know, if that's cool, like, you know, if there's some way you guys can figure out and and he was like, Hey man, I don't want to promise you anything, but you know, I'll I'll talk to the guys and see what you know, see what we can do, you know. And even for me, just by him saying that, and it's like, Oh man, that's cool, you know. And then next thing you know, the next patch came out for Injustice One and that stuff came out, man, that 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 hit me, man. I was like, They actually listened to me. That was crazy, you know
0: so yeah nether Netherrealm seems like such a great developer, it seems like they really do care um they already i feel like they already as you mentioned for with m k nine they were already so incredible at sound design um mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that they took the time to reach out to you and kind of make what they were doing even better, i think that's awesome
1: yeah it's it's, it's great so yeah and and you know of course they they continue the trend m k x you know had the uh, interactables too, like as you know, on and so, but they did the same thing. They also like included the sounds in there, like it's you know, and so it's it's like part of their design now. And Injustice Two did the same thing, you know. So I'm sure MK11 will do the same thing now.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up MK11 because you're an MK guy. I'm an MK guy. How do you feel about this game coming out?
1: Ooh, so here's the thing, right? I like the the what they're trying to do. Like with the whole the, with the movement is the only thing that I'm a little worried about because if you're gonna have the dash system in there, but it, why would you have it if it's not gonna be useful, right? Like, yeah, I I, I feel like they have to maybe maybe not so much like MK9 because then you it because MK9 was actually a pretty fast p- pace game too. Once you mastered the dash blocking, oh, well, that's it, you know. Oh, you can yeah. Really, yeah, it was so fast paced too. Yep. Um, but i mean i w- if they can find like a like a middle ground between like the black dot da- and like uh, dash blocking uh and then the f- the forward and back dashes and the walk speed because even some people said that the walk speed is still kind of slow you know but you know i it, it, but nrs make made it seem like they're trying to bring that mk2 vibe
0: it does yeah it does it does seem kind of old school in some ways i think it's cool i think they are trying to make the game a little welcoming to newer players the the new mm-hmm. meter system sounds interesting you know having different offensive and defense meters and it's all on a cooldown. So yeah, mechanically it actually does seem like a bit of a departure. And yeah, definitely from what we know so far, I, I totally get your concern about the movement cuz you know the other the, the past two MK games are very fast paced and very intense. Fast-paced. So we'll see. I'm I'm super excited. I, I think the game's going to be great, but yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a big adjustment uh for all of us, I think.
1: And I, I like that because, like, right now, ever since I started streaming, like, you know, more people are, ta- you know, like, be- reaching out to me now. Because I always tell people, like, hey, man, I'm very casual about my whole blind situation. Like, I don't make it a big deal. Like, yeah, ask me questions because I want mm. to, you know, I like to educate people about it too, you know. But at the same time, now it's like, you know, hey, once we get past that, it's like, oh, dude, let's play. And then you get people getting salty if we, I beat them, and I get salty <laughs> if if I lose too, you know. So it's like, you know, it's it's a, it's like we 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 break the ice, and that's of it. Of course, you know? yeah, that's what, that's like,
0: what fighting games are all about. on that same point you know you've been competing for a long time now are there any specific moments or or tournaments that really stand out to you
1: um so unfortunately i wasn't able to like you know to participate more more like in the regional level or like travel a lot especially with my band you know my band really kind of especially when it took off um i had to like pay attention to it as well but um i remember here at a local we we used to have like mk9 locals and i remember this one in one time in particular um and my brother went out with me one time he's like, yeah, I wanna see, wanna see what this is all about you know so you know, we went and I was playing against it was uh it was to get out of pools and in a local and um I was fighting this guy, you know, he sits down and my brother tells me like he's just looks at me like, what's going on here like he felt uncomfortable like he he himself made the whole situation uncomfortable <laughs> you know I'm, I'm I'm just grabbing my controller, put on the headphones, you know, and what's cool at the time I was already with uh I don't know if you remember the combat Houston guys what we used oh, to yeah. Yeah, I used to train with those guys. So they were like, "Yeah, whatever, you know, he's like he's got this, you know." Um because they used to help me a lot too. They helped me learn the game so much too. Um but anyway, uh so we're uh we going we're going back and forth. I remember I was, you know, my Cyrax and my Kung Lao. And man, it was like the set like I actually lost that game, but we have that we put on a we put on a show, dude, cuz like it was the, it was a, they did it a best of uh, um, best three, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but anyway, um like i remember like we went it was like both went to the last round dude and then i was even like breaking his throws i was like you know like doing a bomb setups i even did like a like the with Cyrex. i don't know if you remember they used to do like the the combo breakers yeah. where you like put him on the bomb and boom you know follow up like I was just doing all kinds of like high level stuff. And people oh, yeah. in the back was like, oh, they were trying not to make noise either. But I mean, I was like, just get hype, you know? Yeah, of course. So that was fun, dude. And, you know, that was, it was, it was, it was cool. And that, that dude, my brother told me afterwards, dude, that dude was shaking. Like his knees were like <laughs> shaking, man. I was like, that is funny, man. So that, that's, I think that's one of the coolest memories. Yes, it wasn't like, like out there, but it was at, at a local. That's still like, you know, like, you know, people realized, man, this guy can, this guy can play.
0: You know? Yeah, that's, that, that's an awesome moment. You put on a show for sure.
1: Yeah. So
0: so, of- so we talked a little bit about, you know, NetherRealm and, and the great things they've done with kind of making their games more accessible. But how good of a job do you think, you know, video games are doing right now with accessibility? I know we've got some big things going on. You know, obviously, Microsoft has their accessibility controller. It seems like some games have better settings than others. So kind of how do you think games are in that regard right now? And kind of what would you like to see from them?
1: Hmm. I think, okay, so... It's interesting, right, because in terms of accessibility for other like, other, like, when you target other disabilities, I think it's it's an easier fix because you're dealing with, like, motor skills or you're dealing with, like, color blindness or you're dealing with, like, you know, hard of hearing, like, you know, like the, the subtitles, right. uh, you know, things like that. I feel like those things are kind of straightforward, right? Like, you can basically say, okay, motor skills, maybe let's come up with, like, an adaptive controller, right? Mm-hmm. With color blindness, maybe let's change the color contrast so that people, like, who have issues with colors, they can see the text better you know and if you can't hear you know so it's very straightforward like uh you know you know i guess uh, solutions when you're dealing with something that's legally you know targeting something because like you can't really see what's on the screen because first of all it's a video game it's a visual thing right Mm -hmm. so i think what happens is that you know developers are kind of hesitant or maybe don't know how to go about it because there hasn't been enough people to uh, well, in the past, because now there are, but before there were, there weren't enough people to say, "Hey, look, this is how I can play a game if you if you did this and this, this would sound," you know. Um, so, as far as like blind accessibility, I think that like, it's still lacking in a sense that you know, it, uh, there hasn't been like a clear communication as to what how can sound help somebody out. Uh, with you know to be able to play the game i'll give you a good example of an accessible game that's actually like it's not even a fighting game but because of the sound design and the way the mechanics work it actually is playable by totally blind players is resident evil 6
0: oh interesting
1: yeah, so Resident Evil Six obviously, like you know, it seemed the least like you know the worst in the series. But for us blind players, is the best one because what they did is you know they have the tracker. So if you're tracking like where you need to go, like you know, if you like even if the character runs into the wall, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like I press the button and then it'll make the character like go towards the the, the area that I need to go, like that the, the mm-hmm. game designed you that you need to go. And then the other thing is, um. Sorry about that. that's my phone. No uh, problem. the other thing was um they also made it where you can actually with the right uh uh like uh, the joystick the right joystick if you move it around you're panning around like the sound is panning around as if you're moving your head. So if you hear zombies to your right I could just pan the camera to the right visually you're doing the same thing but I uh, like like in an audio design I'm actually hearing where the zombies are coming from now, you know. Right. Uh, and it's and then like the footsteps when you go into like different rooms, everything sounds echoey. Or like you can tell, you can tell when you're outside, you can tell if you're walking on grass, concrete, metal, dirt, like dirt, everything. Like it's so detailed with the sound, dude. Like it's 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 incredible how they did that. Like a lot of a lot of us blind players play that game. we even, we do a lot of we even play like the multiplayer with sighted people, and they that's, don't even realize this.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, it seems like you know like really good detailed positional audio makes a big difference
1: it does and i guess some of mechanics too because i mean i know remember some people were saying complaining about the you know the tracker because they said it made things too easy but i like to me i like things when you make them optional and don't force it on players exactly. you know i i think that's that's another thing that you that people are starting to realize now that when you do it make something accessible it doesn't mean you tone it down or you dumb it down you know it also it just means right. like Maybe like have like some other options where the players, you know, let's say when you pop up the game, you know, and whatever, like all accessibility options come first, and you can just if you choose to ignore them, go for it. But if for someone like me, if they pop up, hey, you know, would you like to use this feature? Online? I'm like, heck yeah, you know, I'm gonna use it. You know, yeah, everybody so wins I, that way. Everybody wins that way, yeah, because you know, and that's what they—that's why I like with that with that. Yeah, uh, another room studios when they did the 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 sound cues for the uh, for the. Interactables, you know, they made it optional, so you can turn them off if you don't want to hear that, you know. Yeah. So that's that, yeah. but I think yeah, as far as like accessibility, I think with blindness, just because um, there's still some misconception about you know blind players, like totally blind players, like how do mm-hmm. you do this, you know? So you know, I mean, and like I think another another game that did a good job too was Killer Instinct. They also listened mm-hmm. to you know to people about like the audio cues and everything, and uh, you know, they they even put in some like you know when you're building meter. Uh, you can hear, like, there's, like, a little tone. Uh, the, the character positions are really well done as well, like, like NetherRome Studios, you know. So right, it's like, right. yeah. So, so the sound, like, that's another game I play too on the side because it's, it's, it's uh, it has the same, um, audio design. Even Street Fighter is doing it now. Like, and I think that's really cool. Street Fighter Five also has, like, you can hear the characters really well when they're going around. Um, so, so it's, I think, little by little, hopefully we're making more progress.
0: Awesome, yeah, and, and definitely here's hoping more developers catch on and, and really pay attention to that kind of stuff. But uh, to switch gears a little bit, speaking of great sound design, you play in an awesome heavy metal band called Distartica. I was just listening to you guys before the show. Uh, you're actually the drummer and the lead vocalist. So I kind of want to know about your history with music. When did you pick up the drums and decide to you know start writing music and start your band?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I actually... Uh, remember how I uh, mentioned that you know I used to be into sports yeah. and so when I lost my sight one of the things that was easier for me like to pick up was music um you know I at the time I, I started when I was like what 13 14 um, I had actually a, a um, um, in, in middle school, we had like what they call like a, like like our, our homeroom. You know, like when you go through and like when your classes are over, you know, in the morning, and then you go in the afternoon, like when your classes are over, and then you get picked up. Yeah. So we used to have this homeroom teacher that um he used to be like uh, I, I mean he used to be a musician. Like well he you know but he's also, but he, he's primarily a teacher, but he was also you can tell like back in his day he used to be uh, a musician. And he would take his guitar, he would, you know, his, his everything. He already had established where like everybody who comes to his class was going to pick up an instrument and it was up to you if you're going to continue with it or not. So he actually had a band like, you know, with kids before when I came in his, you know, so he would play the tapes to kind of get your attention. And so over time, he actually like, once I was like, I want to do that. You know, because he said, yeah, you know, other blind people are playing the, the drums, you know, like other blind people are playing this. So he was very like up to like about getting like blind kids to be like comf- comfortable with themselves and to gain confidence. Like he was really cool mm-hmm. about that. And so one time he's like, you know what? I actually have drums. And this guy brings his whole drum set into the freaking like classroom. <laughs> so that's like, awesome. Dude, like, I don't know if you I'm sure you watched the, the movie uh, School of Rock. Yes, of course. That, that That's me, dude that's that, that that movie it hit me so hard because it's like that's almost exactly what happened to me in middle except it was in middle school you know you wow. had this kind of yeah. kind of except not kind of crazy like black jack black but but still it's kind of like you know he was really into rock and roll mm-hmm. so he showed us how to play like little on guitar at first i picked up the guitar so he showed me like some rest from the ramones or the who or rolling stones and then um but I was like, you know what? I like drums. Like, I wanna like, I'm I'm kind of I'm an angry kid right now. I wanna release this anger, you know. Of course, yeah. So I I got the drums and I just started banging on those things. And then after that, I just started like learning. He told me how to like hold the sticks properly. Uh, he told me, you know, all this stuff. And then I just I kept going from there. And then of course in high school, I you know went to high school. Uh, I did have some issues with the with the band director because I wanted to be in a marching band, mm-hmm. but it was that you know like people get do get intimidated a lot. So he was like, I don't. How are you going to march? How are you going to be in a marching band? How are you, you, you going to read the music? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I, you know, I can listen to the music, right? I don't have right. to read it, you know? But sometimes people are just so, like, stuck into this mindset that you have to read the music. And of I'm course, like, yeah. Yeah. so, so you know, and then luckily for me, you know, this guy retired. And then they had a new band instructor who heard about me. And she was like, you know, uh, you know, come to my classroom one day. I want to hear you play and you know so i did it i went to her and I was by 11th and by I think it was by 12th grade cuz i waited for 2 years until i had an opportunity and then i went in there I, you know i did and she was like normally i do like formal editions but i just heard you play right now and i'm good you like make sure you sign up to my for my classroom and mm-hmm. I didn't even have to take beginner classes. I went straight up into the jazz cl- band at that t- at that point, nice. and like you know, and I got in the marching band too. So, you know, so that's and ever since then, you know, like we was, my, my brother also picked up a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw me playing guitars, you know, and he's older than me, so he saw me. He's like, oh heck no, you're playing guitar. I'm gonna play guitar. And then he just <laughs> he, he picked it up and he would just practice every night, like every night, like he really became so like into it and then we just started jamming in the garage and then you know we met a couple of friends we just we still like do a lot of covers and to not to drag the story longer but you know we just kept doing that until like 2008 when we formed the band and we went through some lineup changes uh we always wanted to make an album but we were kind of afraid like how to make music and then um until like you know 2008 13, 14, fourteen—that's when we decided. You know what? Let's make music. You know, so we did it, and it just—it took us like almost one or two years to record the album, but just because of work. You know, we of all have, like, yeah. yeah, we had like fam, like family, or we had like, you know, I was going to school, or my brother was like, you know, same thing, or you know, so. But then finally, we decided to make the album, and it's, it's been great ever since.
0: <laughs> awesome, yeah. You guys, uh, the name of the album is "In Flames We Rise." If I have that it right, got it um, right. Yeah. So uh, I guess. What are what are kind of some, some highlights of of being in the band for you? If did you guys you know, whether it's a really great show or or just kind of people connecting with your music, like where where has kind of the band taken
1: you? Um, I think with the what's happening with our music is that our goal was to bring that old that old eighties, nineties thrash sound. With with a touch of modern like you know modern technology, um there would ever since uh, I think since 2009 2010 we saw in the metal community we saw like a lot of uh, the resurgence of thrash metal, and you know so like a lot of these bands were coming back and so a lot of people were like hey man you know like metal's back again you know because for for a while you you had bands like like Disturbed, Linkin Park, Godsmack, you know, like more like new metal kind of stuff, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, after a while, people realized that these bands are were playing just very simple riffs, very like repetitive stuff, you know. So you know, then you had the resurgence of you know power metal, like uh, you know heavy metal, uh, yeah. and then thrash came came back, and so it was just the resurgence of we were like, you know, and we're always like, I grew up with a lot of thrash. You know, I, I have another brother who was like a metalhead, he never picked up an instrument, but he was like a hardcore metalhead. And he would like make us as kids would make us listen to like all these music. And then um, but, you know, I got used to it at that point. Like, you know, what? I like this stuff, you know, like this is like especially when I lost my sight, it really helped me to kind of release that aggression that I had inside. You know, it's like this music is perfect for me, you know,
0: of course. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those it, things that just kind of
1: ties us all together no matter what yeah and so, and that's how I did, um, and then like um so that's the, like you know that that's what that's what made it more like our and our, our once we release the album, we get a lot a lot of compliments from a lot of like uh you know old school fans or like you know people who are like man it's 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 i haven't heard, really haven't heard a good band in a while you know like i I need to have i've, I've only heard people are doing the same thing over and over like you have the grind uh grind core or like yeah. people just going so low on the guitar that pretty much you don't need a bass anymore but we were like <laughs> let's play on standard tuning let's yeah. bring that old school thrash vibe back you know like you can tell our influences in the album too like if you know Megadeth, metallica Slayer, oh it, yeah yeah it's in there you know but we did it shamelessly it's like look this is the bands that we like. This is the type of metal that we like, and we're gonna like. We want to be part of that scene, you know. Yeah, so, man. So it's 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 been great, and people are are like starting to slowly put us on the on that on that on that same category. It's like, hey, these new upcoming thrash metal bands. So it's it's great, man. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. You guys are playing what you love, and people are noticing. So on, on the topic of music, I, one thing I think that's awesome about the fighting game community is that there actually are a lot of uh, musicians within the FGC and, and people that you know do creative things on the side. Do you think there do you find that there are any connections between say like playing drums and playing Mortal Kombat? Like do you think there are any kind of similar whether it's the way you practice or kind of the way you you kind of collaborate with other people?
1: You know, it's kind of the same philosophy when it comes to practice, right? Like the whole saying that practice makes perfect, it goes yeah. with anything, you know? Like if you don't if you don't practice or if you don't like you know like don't like take some time to like review what even what you already know then eventually you lose that muscle memory you know like for example i actually like i actually stopped playing the drums for like maybe like a couple of months and when i went back i was so rusty i was like i got scared i was like whoa wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) right right. (laughs) i gotta keep practicing so you know so i do that and same thing with with fighting games i had times where if I don't touch a controller for a week or two weeks and I go back, oh, man, like I'm dropping combos, all of my yep. setups, like, you know, like I don't have my reactions anymore. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So, you know, it, it just it, it goes like along along with each other, you know, that kind of the same philosophy of practice, at least like, you know, 30 minutes a, like a, a per day or, you know, as long as you keep doing it, then you you kind of maintain, you keep yourself fresh.
0: Right. Yeah. The, the muscle memory is definitely key so you mentioned the really great teacher you had that introduced you to drums who are some of the other people in your life that inspire you whether it's uh for music for games you know who are the people that really drive you to do what you do
1: um so um i think you first of all like i would say um as far as like well as a musician i always to look up to a lot of like drummers that always took it to the next level like you had uh Dave Lombardo from Slayer mm-hmm. who like really pushed the whole double pedal thing. I mean, Motörhead kind of started it, but it was kind of like a slower pace whereas yeah. this guy just like went to the next level, you know. Yeah. And then you had uh back then when Lars Metallica used to be good, you know. I actually <laughs> used to, yeah, I actually used to like, man, this guy's you know, he's good, you know, he's a good drummer. But once the Black Album and later on came about, you can tell he he, he just, you know, and he even says it now like I don't practice. Like why do I want to yeah. practice? And I'm like Cause you made it, you're know, making all that money. That's why. Exactly, but <laughs> yeah, know? I
0: mean those, yeah, his, his drumming on the on those first few albums is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's you know, so I look up to those guys, and, and that's what inspired me. Like I wanna be like those guys one day, you know. Like to me, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, man, those 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 these people are like. Are gods, man. I used to look at at another level, but ever since now that, you know, we've we've seen people live, we met other bands, like we even met, you know, other, like, bands like I met uh, some of the guys from Testament, I met some of the guys from uh, Exodus, you know, all these, like, other thrash metal bands, and they're just like regular guys, you know? So I'm like, you know what? I'm at the level of these guys too. You know, it's all I got to do is practice and put my stuff out there, and that's it, you know? So, you know, but as far as now, when it comes to gaming, I think what really, really got me to uh, pick up like uh the like, especially mk9 at a high level was when i was uh when i was watching a, a lot of tournaments and i saw um oh. I, I he's not as act he's not active anymore but i remember maxter he used to be like oh, one yeah. of the cyrex oh
0: my god yeah, I'm, I'm i'm from oh. new york so i i've seen him play quite a bit and he, yeah he's like one of the legends
1: dude oh my god he was just so good man yeah. you know that the way he played Cyrex is like at, an, at another level and it was just like like for me for example tony t i remember like when he used to do like the combo videos it yeah. was cool like to pick up all the combos and everything and then everybody else was using his combos but then max is like all right you know he took those combos but then he would like come up with some crazy setups man i'm like man this guy was it was just awesome and that really made me want to pick up Cyrex. it took me like months to master like, you know, all the 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 setups and and everything. But once I met the Combat Houston guys, they were like, oh, so you want to play with this character and huh? I'm like, yeah. And, you know, so that's when they told me all the the the, the they gave me tips and everything. But yeah, Maxter is like the guy that really, really made me pick up like literally Cyrax. You know, Every, I didn't even touch any character after that. So yeah,
0: he he is definitely a Mortal Kombat legend. So we talked about some of your inspirations, but I think it's safe to say you're a bit of an inspiration yourself especially to just people in the gaming community and and the blind community what advice would you give to people that you know are just kind of dealing with setbacks or you know kind of trying to or living with a disability and are you know still trying to do the things they want to do
1: I think the best thing to do is like obviously learn how to accept it you know because sometimes we fall into this thing especially with the disability right where sometimes we feel entitled like Oh, because I'm blind or because I have a disability, give me everything, you know. You know, it's like no, the world doesn't owe you anything, you know. Yeah. You have you have to work, you know, if you if you want to be recognized, if you want to be like known, or if you want to be respected, then earn your respect. You know what I mean? Like that applies, you know, with the, the, the you know for, with the disability. You know, this um, you know it's it's also about working. To me, it's always been I was I was raised to like work hard for everything I want to do. Mm. Um, Obviously, like there are going to be times also you have to know how to be humble where like if sometimes you need help, you need help, you know, we can't do everything alone, you know, Uh, learn how to approach people, uh, especially when it comes to accessibility to me i 'm all about like negotiating rather than using like scared tactics like oh you don't you know this you don't you're not gonna do this for me then i'm gonna sue you you know that yeah just creates right. that just creates enemies you know I'd rather make you know connections I want to tell like a developer you know here's what I would like you to do and this is what you're gonna gain from it you know mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's that's my approach you know when it comes to that, and as far as like um, you know, overcoming things, I think the best thing, like I said, is accepting it, being able to, like, be feel good about yourself or just accept the fact that you have something that unfortunately is never going to go away. So just, you know, cope with it and try to also, like, get involved, like, not just in your own community, but step out of your comfort zone. And that's what I've always done. Like, I, um, uh, like you know, I was always told like, hey, why don't you go to like you know s- school for the blind or why don't you do this? I'm like, I never wanted to do that for the simple fact that I always wanted to be somewhere where blind people are not usually pre- present. That way mm-hmm. you you spread awareness that way, you know, because you can get comfortable like in your own like you know disabled community like everybody you know goes through similar things and everything and that's nice when you're starting, you know, like when you need a support group system or everything. But once you like at that point where you just pass. The, 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 those stages of grief then you know up to, you know it's always about like hey just go out there be adventurous if you can you know like talk to other people learn to like um you know just not just be surround yourself by you know s- similar things you have to also know how to go out there and that's what I was done you know just like I said I usually I try to be you know the only if I if I'm the only one who's blind then that's cool but if someone else you know goes out there too then you know the more the merrier you know like right right need to, you need to go out there you know so that's i i think that's what i would you know say to anyone
0: awesome very well said very great advice i think we can all learn from and carlos thanks so much man before i let you go where can where can people follow you and keep up with all the cool stuff you do
1: Oh man! Well, well. First of all, before I do that, well, I, you know, I want to thank you for you know allowing me to do this and just kind of just speak my mind. <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, it's,
0: man. It's it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm I'm, I'm glad you took the time to chat.
1: Nah, for sure. So okay, but um, but definitely wanna if you guys wanna follow me, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, obskhrattlehead is my uh, Twitter. Um, also my YouTube is the same thing. Uh, Obsk. I try to be consistent as much as I can. Um, I'm also on Instagram because it's now accessible. Oh, so that's great yeah i have an instagram so you know with pictures nowadays like it's it's pretty accessible for the most part obviously you know a lot of the times we're not going to get the full experience but sure. there are some few things that makes it a little more accessible it's more usable i am actually the 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 pr manager of the band so every time people see like posts from the band i'm the one doing it like i'm the one awesome. posting like the you know like dates shows we have going on or whatever so so yeah obs cage ahead on instagram uh youtube twitter and on Twitch, um, it's just OBS Rattlehead, but I am gonna change it to KH at some point, like to match everything. But I just right. set it up that way. But uh, yeah, OBS Rattlehead on Twitch. If you want to awesome. Check it out.
0: And actually, one thing I forgot to ask: How did the Rattlehead nickname come about?
1: So I grew up being a big fan of Megadeth, and the mascot that uh, that they have, or that Dave Mustaine created, is uh, called Vic Rattlehead.
0: Ah,
1: awesome. That's where I got it from. <laughs> Sweet.
0: Well, Carlos, thanks again, man. This has been an absolute blast. Again, guys listening at home, follow Carlos, Carlos everywhere, and don't forget to listen to his band Distartica. I believe you guys are working on a new album right now. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, we're actually working on the, sec- on the second album. Um, yeah, right now we're, uh, we're right now we're on the rehearsal stages. You know, we're trying to get all the music ready, but then we should be start. Um, hopefully, uh, you'll hear it first. Actually, uh, we're probably gonna start be recording either in April or in May. So we shouldn't take that long to record now
0: awesome well i am super looking forward to it i can't wait to uh hopefully get some games in once once mk11 drops right on uh can't wait to see you tear it up in there uh, as well as on the drums and yeah to everyone listening at home as always this has been people playing games i've been your host mike Andronico. you can find us everywhere podcasts are available itunes soundcloud or any other service you prefer Uh, as always thanks for listening and keep on playing